0: Our second scripture reading comes from Matthew, the second chapter, the first 12 verses. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage." When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They knelt down and paid him homage. And then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord. The biblical story reminds us repeatedly that we are children of God. Humans are created in the image of God, and that's one of the basic markers of children. They bear resemblance to parents, but not just because of physical genetics. Children are images of the parents by the way they learn to think, by the mannerisms they copy, by the habits they acquire. That's part of the message of the story. That's what we're supposed to be like. Isaiah and Jeremiah spoke of God as father. David addressed God as father. And while the Old Testament figures may have thought as God as father in a more metaphorical sense, Jesus in the gospel addresses God as father in a very personal sense. And he encouraged his disciples to do the same thing. The early church understood this as a literal invitation into the family of God, an enfolding into the arms of the Father and Son, made possible by the Holy Spirit that was active in the church. The message is clear. We are children of God, but we often forget it or we fail to grasp the depth of love that is offered to us as children. Sometimes we forget this because of the hardness of our own hearts. Just as earthly children reject the love of their parents, mistakenly think they can find love in other places, we do the same. Sometimes we fail to recognize God's love because of wounds from our earthly relationships. And these wounds can happen in families of origin, but other relationships of trust can also cause this kind of harm. And that means the traditional language of God as Father can be hard for some to connect with because of abuse they've suffered at the hands of an earthly father. And if the traditional language even were mother in our faith tradition, or even if our faith did a better job of lifting up the female images of God that exist in Scripture, there would be others, likely fewer, but still others who would struggle with God as mother. And even the neutral parent may not be approachable for some. Almost all of us find places we struggle to understand God as father or God as mother or God as parent because as loving and as caring as our relationships are with our parents or other key relationships of trust, they are flawed because we are finite. We are sinful. We make mistakes. We hurt each other, we fail to love fully, we fail to love ourselves. One of the powerful purposes of the Incarnation was to show us what a truly loving parent is. As Protestants, we tend to focus on how Incarnation and Atonement are linked, and the manger becomes a foreshadowing of the cross. But we need more than just the lifting of the burden of sin. We need love. We need to know what love is. We need a relationship where love is truly unconditional. We need a relationship where there's a true mutuality of of interests. We need a relationship where we can be honest and the other can be honest with us. We need a relationship where there is presence and commitment and faithfulness, even in the midst of pain and sin. We need a relationship with true and real love. Love divine, all love excelling. Joy of heaven to earth come down. God so loved the world that God gave the only begotten Son. The incarnation shows humanity that there is someone who would do anything and everything to show us what love looks like. Our wounds from broken relationships of trust can find healing in that one true, ultimate relationship of trust. That parent, that father of us, that mother of us in the deepest and most intense sense Of our limited human language. And that's incredibly good news. But both Matthew and Luke as gospel writers recognize that a problem quickly arises. It's not a problem with the fullness of love coming to earth, but what we do with that gift. We gladly received the good news that God has come in the fullness of love and claimed us as children, but then we immediately set boundaries upon it. We decide it's good news we must closely guard. We decide we only need to share it with those who look like us or act like us or believe like us. Luke dealt with this by telling us how the shepherds were the first to receive the good news. The shepherds were a marginal and often outcast group in society. The shepherds' invitation to the manger is a reminder that the good news is for everyone, from the rich and the elite to the poorest and the most marginalized. Matthew, of course, has a different story to tell and a different answer to this selfish holding of the gift of God's parental love. The first persons in Matthew's story to recognize something amazing was happening in the course of human history was a group of stargazers from another country, Gentile astrologers, to be exact. These visitors being Gentile may well have been a stumbling block to many ancient Hebrew believers. While the prophecies about the Messiah included the blessing of the nations, And everyone knew this, these people, just like us, tended to only focus on the parts of the message that provided comfort, like delivering people from oppressors, like the Romans. Amazingly, Matthew, most scholars believe, wrote this gospel for a largely Jewish audience, disciples of Jesus, who were faithful and practicing members of the Hebrew faith. Was the first reading of this story met with surprise or anger by his community? Was there understanding by many of them because they'd been forced out of communities because of their claims as Jesus as a Messiah? The astrologer part of the description might be a stumbling block for many of us. We might try to dress it up and tell ourselves that these ancients were what passed for astronomers of the time, But the fact is there were widespread beliefs among many people that events in the heaven could predict what was going to happen on Earth. And for some, they even believed in a causal link that the events in heaven influenced what happened on Earth. Some have proposed a comet to explain what happened, but just as likely is that it was a near conjunction in the right part of the sky between a couple of planets like Jupiter and Saturn. And there was a resultant astrological interpretation that arose. We good educated Christian folk and good Bible believing Christian folk don't like to think that astrologers were the first ones to be invited to this party where all are claimed as children of God. God is inviting others far and near to come and experience this incredible love of a wonderful and true parent. Come and experience inclusion as children of God. They won't look like us. They won't have the same customs we do. They won't speak our language. They may have gotten directions from someone we absolutely despise, like Herod giving directions to the Magi. They probably won't believe the right stuff their journey to recognizing the inbreaking of God's incredible love in the world might have included all sorts of experiences and ideas that we wouldn't recognize as Christian. But that doesn't matter, because God is sending out the invitation across all these barriers and inviting others to come and worship. The importance of this story for our own time is great. Thanks to global travel and the Internet and worldwide media, we can encounter people like this wandering magi from the East in our everyday lives. It might be exposure to something we read or something we view. It might be a new next-door neighbor or a new co-worker. We're seeing more and more cases, and I'm hearing more and more families where There's somebody from another culture that has joined the family, either through adoption or marriage or other kinds of situations like that. And all these people who we encounter have an amazing story to tell. We might be surprised to find they're the very people that show us what true and healing love from God looks like. Epiphany. The inbreaking of God's light into the world is an invitation. We're invited to come and worship, just like those first travelers. And that same invitation is extended to others, even though they're very different than us. The good news is there's plenty of room around this king for all of us to be claimed as God's children. And by receiving that invitation, And welcoming others, we will discover our true parent who loves us perfectly and brings an incredible healing love. Amen.